5-4-3-2-1. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. We're going to be talking about the sustainability of mail today and other things. But before we do, I learned something new today. I learned about hardcore smoked bacon. I think this is a brand new product. Let's see. Here you go. This is Northern Hard Maple. Each winter, it's cut and assembled in Upper Michigan by the hardwood experts at Connor Sports to create the famed courts of college basketball's biggest stage. This year, the ends of that elite court wood will meet fire to create a new March phenomenon. Hardcore smoked, Hormel black label bacon, thick cut strips smoked over the very hardwood this year's tournament will be played on. It's a rare achievement. Two masters of craft coming together for a delicious union of taste and competition. And it's yours for the winning. Taste the glory of the tournament like never before. Enter for a chance to win at hardcourt.blacklabelbacon.com. Okay, that's it for that. What an idea. What a deal. I had never, you know, would I have never thought of this? No, I would never have thought of it. I mean, that is so interesting that how this came about, I'd really like to know. Uh, you know, Upper Michigan is basically Wisconsin, for those of you who don't know. You know, they somehow got the map wrong, and instead of giving Wisconsin the whole banana, they lopped off a piece of the, of the top of Wisconsin. So, you know, those people, they know, you know, I mean, they root for the Packers. Who would root for the, who would root for the Lions? Anyway, <laughs> so they, uh, you know, I, I don't think I knew that they built the new courts every year. I didn't know that. I thought, how do they change the... How do they change the paint on those courts so fast? You know, they can't just put down slippery plastic. They got to, you know, apparently they build them from scratch or something uh, every year. So anyway, when you're building a, you know, when you're taking a tree and turn it into lumber, there's scrap. And when you when you're putting the putting the slats of the lumber together, there's some scrap. Now let's take that scrap and let's put it into uh, the furnace and do something valuable with it. There's a real principle there. There's a real principle. Okay, and here it is. Man, black label. I don't know why there's Hormel black label. Why don't they just go with Hormel hardcore smoked bacon? It, it seems like a an excellent branding right there. I don't know why they have doubled up. Maybe black label is a, maybe is that's a style of bacon that they regularly sell. I don't know. Um Maybe the people at Newski's can help us out on this. They could explain it to us. Okay, so, uh, which is right up there, you know, just right close to Upper Michigan. It's, like I said, Michigan. What? Anyway, hard. <laughs> I love the way they got the brackets on there. That's great. What, what a great little touch in graphics. Okay, from tournament hardwood comes championship strips. It's just over and over the sports metaphors here just never stop. I we're not actually playing. I don't think. I don't know what happens to the old courts. You know what do they do with them? <coughs> My guess is they strip the paint off, somehow reuse them. But again, another mystery. Another mystery 
Uh, I don't think that we're playing. We're <laughs> I don't think we're going to be eating the bacon uh, that. From courts, the courts, I think it's from the construction of the courts. So it's not quite like like eating the <laughs> like eating who would want to eat the courts anyway. Okay, so unbelievable. The most elite <laughs> the most elite smoked meat ever. And again, I am going this is I'm paying a high price for this. Because I'm in the middle of Lent, and I don't get to eat bacon until April, end of April, pretty much. So it's like, uh, uh, it's, it's hard to watch. Yesterday was was a was the chicken double down. <laughs> Today is bacon. It's even worse. Connor Sports fells cherry maple. Cherry maple trees? Is there such a thing as a cherry maple? I know there's cherry, and there's maple. I don't know if there's cherry maple, there's black maple, there's silver maple. There's a lot of different kinds of maple, sugar maple. I never heard of cherry maple. We'll have to look that up too, see? Every day I learn so much. You can learn it along with me. And if you want to comment, if there is such a thing as cherry maple, it's probably an error. But anyway, as a result, fans can hear this great. Nick Schweitzer says, that sounds like a Wisconsin name. Fans can go beyond just living and breathing college hoops to actually tasting victory. <laughs> okay, using the real hardwood from the most elite floors <laughs> to smoke our bacon gave us a real opportunity to connect with tourney-hungry fans. And, and you're probably hearing it here first, until March 20th, people can register online to win one of 68 prizes, probably because that's how many teams are there are there were there were two days ago when we started now there's about 20 left it just blows everybody away i don't know if you saw that arizona number two seed whoopsie it's gone that broke your bracket right each of which includes a package of hard court bacon wood chips oh the prizes Include the bacon, the wood chips, and a certificate of authenticity. <laughs> uh, Hormel says the prize value is about 50 bucks. So you can register somewhere. I would say go to Hormel.com and you probably find it. Connor Sports has been the official court of the men's and women's NCAA March Madness competitions since 2006. And again, where else would you hear all this? Right. Okay, now, <clears throat> moving on to get serious. <clears throat> USPS, getting started with sustainable direct mail marketing. And I was a little suspicious. This is <clears throat> the USPS and ANA ganging up. And they tend not to be about results as much as about branding and image and all that stuff. So Christopher Karpenko writes about, he says, 89% of the 11,500 respondents to a 2022 survey from around the world have grown greener in their purchasing. I'm guessing this is consumers. <clears throat> and 67% of companies have started using more sustainable materials. Okay, more sustainable. That's the key word here in this article. See this? Sustainable. Okay. 
We're going to get to the punchline. You wait. Okay, so, and they're going with a bunch of other stuff. Direct mail marketing in particular can help you further your environmental initiatives. And printers that I know hear questions about, well, mail goes right in the trash. I mean, it isn't new. It's been around since I began in the in the 80s. Uh, and really, I worked in the as a uh, at a printing at a printer a printing company in the 70s. So it's been around. The question is, why should I print stuff that's just going to go in the trash? You know. And then the internet came along, and it's like, oh, this is so much cleaner. It throws itself away. Yeah, and if nobody sees it, it's just pure burning up coal. Just FYI. So you got the alternative of burning coal for your digital advertising, which is basically what's going on, or gas. Could be coal, could be gas. I think that comprises about half. Half our energy comes from coal and about another 30%, I think, 25% comes from natural gas. So, you know, you're basically burning coal and gas. Same thing with your... EV. Oh, it's so environmental. No, it's got like 20 rare earth metals in the car. Uh, now, Tesla says they're going to be able to, with their new version 4 battery, be able to get that down to like three, uh, three uh, rare earth materials. So that's really going to be great, I guess. I mean, it'll get there, um, but you're just burning coal. So that's what I say to friends who have electric cars. Ah, coal car. How cool is that? Anyway, uh, so direct mail, according to um, uh, Christopher, wasn't it? Let's see. Yeah, Christopher. According to Christopher, direct mail is a is a is a greener alternative to digital only or digital heavy campaigns. Uh, and he focuses on a report by the Drum. The typical online ad campaign emits about 5.4 tons of carbon dioxide. And if you were with me a couple of weeks ago, I had a nice conversation with Steve Falk, who actually hired somebody to kind of figure out what, where are the touch points, where's the, where's the, mm, where's the energy use in direct mail. And so we'll talk about that in a second, Steve. I hope you chime in. Um, and so now, from a postal service perspective, you know you want streamlined mailing lists. We never want to waste mail. We never want to mail it to people who don't want uh, don't want to receive it. Uh, I once got a Christmas card from Uline. I think no, it was from Lab Safety, and they had they had in Lab Safety at the time was mailing out these eugenically thick catalogs, mostly to people who didn't care about that much about safety and uh they they sent me a christmas card we were doing a little bit of work for them and uh and it had <laughs> it had a whole stack of lab safety catalogs like that that a little old lady was using a little tiny short lady was using to water her plants <laughs> and said how much something about how our catalog is appreciated <laughs> yeah well that's a use anyway but we've never wanted to waste waste mailings especially since it costs a buck a piece you know when you look at digital it's really a, a, a real contrast to that you know people think it's like going out free email is free digital ads are free no it's not free uh, and it does burn energy okay remember we already learned coal and gas powers your digital which is partly why 
uh, Google and Microsoft and Amazon have moved their uh, a lot of their server farms, you know, to Canada and places where there's lower uh, lower energy costs because those babies do heat up a lot. Okay, so scrub your lists, clean that up. Uh, even the smallest lists can be uh, address corrected nowadays. Um, there's there's companies, and if you don't know them, just give me a call. We send them to one in Wisconsin, just uh, down the way. It's totally automated. You drop your list in there, boom, boom, and it sends it back all cleaned up. So um, you want to reduce un <laughs> unnecessary waste. That seems a little redundant to me. You want to reduce the waste um, because waste is waste, okay? And you now this is where we the wheels kind of come off. You want to, you also want to ensure you're sending the right marketing message to the right people. You know, I don't really know a way to do that on the front end. I mean, you can speculate about it. You know, I've 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 made a lot of money for people, showing them where there were right people in the wrong people mixed in and if they would have changed the message they would have had a whole new market <clears throat> i've also found people mailing the right message to the right people but with just one ingredient missing like they didn't like their music <laughs> they were selling music and they they were sending it to people of the right demographic and the right profile and the right interest group and the right education level but who didn't know their music and so we fixed that for them, okay? Um, you know, why even put this stuff in anyway? So then Christopher gets into the recycled, lightweight, chemical-free, wood pulp-free paper. And that's where I really take issue with it. Wood pulp-free paper, okay, what's more sustainable than trees? There's more trees in America now than there was at the turn of the century. For heaven's sakes, we're good at planting trees. Trees grow, they suck CO2 out of the air, and guess what? When you make paper out of a tree, Steve Falk pointed this out, you don't really, it's not like you're burning it. It's The carbon's still sequestered in the paper. And that paper, you know, can be turned into cardboard and stuff. Mostly cardboard comes from pre-consumer waste, I have to say. You know, those those rolls of paper that, didn't get turned into a mailing piece, those go in the recycle bin. And, uh, but, you know, at worst, we bury it, and that sequesters CO2. So if you're, if you're anti-CO2, which is another question we're going to touch on in just a second, okay? If you're anti-CO2, then uh, paper is about as good as it gets. Right? It's completely sustainable. And here's where we got to be really careful because paper is a, trees are a sustainable resource. Absolutely. You harvest them, you plant more, you harvest them, you plant more. Okay? That's as sustainable as it gets. Okay? Pulling oil and gas out of the ground aren't as sustainable as that. <laughs> Just saying. Right? So your digital is not is sustainable. I'm not saying don't do digital because it's coal-powered advertising. I'm just saying direct mail on the face of it. Just talk. Let's just talk about trees as sustainable. Now, when you recycle that and try to turn it into more paper, it's actually probably more environmentally damaging 
than just throwing it in a landfill and letting it sequester, right? But but what uh, what Steve pointed out in his study, he found that what really you know what really is the the non-sustainable part of whether it is or isn't, we have hundreds of years of known reserves of oil and gas. Just saying, okay, hundreds of years. So by then we'll get nuclear completely figured out. It's pretty much completely figured out now, except for the lunatics who layer layers of layers of regulations on it. Um, if you take some of that away and just say, well, put up the latest technology, it solves the whole problem. The reg regulations are are a dinosaur that should be done that should be modified at least. But anyway, so if we get on the right track with that, certainly before a couple of hundred years of our reserves are even dented, uh, we're fine. Okay, but uh, but anyway, Steve says the inks, the coatings, the the snazzy paper, you know, it's just it's just trucking around. The weight is what is what uses up the oil and gas for direct mail, okay? Using envelopes without plastic windows, all this stuff is just window dressing, it's greenwashing, it's a bunch of bunk. Okay, but let's get over to the real issue here. The real issue, this is a NASA, you've heard of NASA, <laughs> right? It's the space guys, okay? And they happened to look from space and they compared, they compared pictures from 2015-ish to pictures from the 1980s. And guess what they found? They found that, and this is from an international team of 32 authors from 24 institutions in eight countries. Okay? As you can tell, I pretty much had it up to here with the CO2 haters. Okay? Let's get right. Okay, the, this graph shows you where the Earth is greener now than it was back in the 80s, okay? And it's pretty much everywhere, pretty much all the land. And the red parts, where it's really a lot greener, are often in deserts. There's another article that I could bring up about how the Sahara has shrunk by 8%. And 8% is the size of Germany and France put together. 700,000 square kilometers. The Sahara Desert has shrunk. They also had. I also ran across a study of the Negev and how and how the the the, the trees there are performing far better than expected. And and in this article from NASA, don't forget from NASA, it says carbon dioxide fertilization explains 70% of the greening effect. 70%. Now, does that mean you should light up your SUV every night as you go to sleep to just pump out CO2? Well, actually, it probably does. In greenhouses, they, they not only do they heat the greenhouses in the winter up here, you know, in Wisconsin, but they, they duct the CO2 back into the greenhouse. They don't vent it out with a chimney because it, it has so many beneficial effects. Uh, for the plants, and it's and it's it's not linear, but it's it's pretty close. The more CO2, the better is basically the thing. The other thing is that human human input into CO2 of the planet is minuscule. It's like four percent of the total. Okay, 
Volcanoes put out a lot. There's a lot of places it comes from that ain't human, which means restricting your economy, restricting your marketing for to restrict CO2 hurts the plants, probably hurts the planet, but really doesn't have much effect at all. I mean, like zero, unmeasurable. Okay, and remember, direct response, it, direct marketing is is generating a measurable response. So let's get off this carbon dioxide is pollution kick, because even NASA is saying we are greening the world with CO2. Now, does that mean you should have a messy, uh, messy, messy mailing list? No, that's not what I'm saying. It makes tons of sense to clean up the bad addresses, to, to address correct, address check. And uh, and I was part of that effort back in the 90s when it was proposed and, how, and helped with the rules on how we could correct addresses. <clears throat> but you know what the best thing for the earth in terms of human pollution is? First of all, let's focus on pollution. Second, when you raise a country's per capita income from nothing, you know, from zero up to a couple of thousand dollars per capita. All of a sudden, people care about the water. They care about the air. They care about what's getting dumped in. Okay. So the first thing is we want to help the prosperity of the rest of the world. That's the number one thing. And the number two thing is to help free speech. Because the countries that are the most repressive, if they, if and when they open up, we find vast tracts of destroyed land, polluted beyond recovery, perhaps, because no one could complain about it. You know, my daughter had a friend who, who went to work in China, one of the big cities, and she had to come home. She had to come back to the U.S. because the air was so, so polluted in China. You couldn't see the sky most of the time. She couldn't breathe. She had to come back. So freedom, prosperity, those are the things that clean the world. Let's not destroy our economy. Let's not destroy marketing in the name of CO2 prevention. It's literally insane. Have a great day. <laughs> like and share. It might make your friends mad. That's okay. Happy to talk about it. Happy to have some feedback. Bye-bye.